Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. This is The Look Ahead. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. And with me, as always, on a Friday from Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. What's up, R.J.? Statistics. Fewer than three weeks separate us from the beginning of the regular season. In fact, three weeks from today, we will be talking about a regular season game, the results, what we liked, what we didn't like, the winners, the Bills, and the losers, the Rams, obviously. Uh, So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I am such a sucker. Anytime someone is like, we're two weeks away, we're 12 days away, where I just get pumped up and excited every single time somebody says it. So if you do it from like every show now until the start of the regular season, I'm in. That would literally be two shows between now and the regular season. So good job by you. Good math. Um, Well, uh, we're currently 20 days away. So we're like almost to the teens. Um, What was your favorite thing about being 20 years old? Oh, geez. Being one year away from able to rent a golf cart. Mm, mm, That's a good answer. Um, Never made sense to me how I was allowed to legally drive to the golf course, but couldn't get a golf cart, which goes 10 miles an hour until I was 21. I've. I'm a big golfer. I've never encountered that. So that might be just like a your local thing um, sort of thing. Um, that's disappointing. Stats, I hope that everybody <laughs> um, subscribes to the SB Nation NFL show, that they leave ratings, that they write reviews, because those things mean a lot to us. Um, obviously, people can subscribe to us wherever they get their podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify. You're, are you an Apple or Spotify listener yourself? I'm an Apple guy, oh, personally. Me too. me too. Not big or small, but I mean, all apples are welcome um, in mind. Do you like green or red? Both. Okay, well, we have a new Apple review. Would you like me to read it to you? Fire away. Okay, this is a five-star rating. This comes to us from Geo B Frog. okay? Uh, it is very, very recent. Actually, two days ago for you and I here on Friday. It is titled Simply 2022. I kind of like that, like a, like a great chapter of a book. Here we go. <laughs> RJ Stats BLG et al. So, like, referencing everybody else, but, you know, no big deal. They named the three of us. Uh, you do a terrific job. I became a Cowboys fan when I moved to Dallas in 1990. Grew up listening to Galloway and Hitches. So glad I listened to the new generation, and I especially appreciated your stance whenever sharing news about the Deshaun Watson case. Mm. Due to NFL enabling and corruption, I've decided to take the season off from any live NFL broadcast. Just can't shake the disgust I feel. I'm going to watch college football with my dad, and I'm going to watch more women's sports this year. No NFL advertising dollars for these eyeballs. Most importantly, while I will not listen to official Cowboys podcasts, I will miss them. Shout out, by the way, to DallasCowboys.com. They do a great job. I will continue to listen every week to SB Nation NFL podcasts and 
Blogging the Boys podcast because I want to continue to support your terrific work. I will vicariously enjoy your disappointment and or excitement after the fact. Huzzah. Uh, for any Blogging the Boys listeners, that is how I sign off the description for my show at BTB The Ocho. So nice little solid note there uh, from GOB Frog. Um, Obviously, you know, your uh, decision is your decision, GOB Frog. If you don't want to watch the NFL, um, you know, it's your prerogative. We appreciate that you're still going to hang out here with us. Um, I think watch anything you want. I think watching women's sports is a great idea, regardless uh, of the time or, or the moment or anything like that. I'm a huge LPGA fan myself. Um, women's soccer is, is a great watch as well. Uh, the WNBA season has a lot of drama unfolding. Women's tennis is obviously super intense and super fun. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of attention for you to put your eyeballs on, GOB Frog. I really appreciate the support, uh, but I will say this. I don't believe you that you're going to stop watching football. I don't believe anybody that ever says that because like who's holding you accountable to that and whatever. But if you're looking for a less corrupt option than the NFL, college sports is not where you should go. (laughs) Stick with the women's sports. I feel like they are a lot less just slimy than professional sports and college sports. College sports is as slimy as anything out there and always, always has been. I always couldn't stand when people would say, oh, watch for the love of the game. Whatever. No, it's not the same. It's just as slimy. I do want to remind everybody, RJ, before we officially get rolling here, that we are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. So we're going to do two things on today's show. We're going to dive into the Deshaun Watson situation since we are the first podcast that's come on since that news became official this week. And then we're going to play a game, a new game that I just invented. It's actually sweeping the nation, even though I just invented it, called Hot Take Cold Truth. I will make a statement based on the headlines of the day, and then you and I will debate whether it is a hot take or a cold truth. Are you maybe ready? Th- maybe this is a league that GOB Frog can watch alternatively as opposed to the NFL, the Hot Take Cold Take League. Is that what there it's called? There you go. The HT... H-T-C-T-L. You got to say it fast. H-T-C-T-L. Okay. That's very difficult. Um, you know, I, I like, you know, I don't do any like vocal exercises like red leather, yellow leather, but like, I mean, maybe I should, so I can handle that. All right. Let's get into, before we do the fun game, we'll get into the tough part of the show, which is the Deshaun Watson situation. There is no ruling by the arbitrator. They reached a settlement. It's 11 games. He was also fined a lot of money. And the Cleveland Browns <laughs> decided that they were going to let everybody talk. They were going to let Deshaun talk. They were going to let Jimmy Haslam talk. They were going to let his wife, D talk. They were going to let Andrew Barry, the GM, talk. And the more everybody talked, RJ, the worse this story got. So before I talk, I want to say um... – Obviously, it's not fun to talk about this, and obviously, I get that people have some fatigue on the subject, and I want to say, like, I don't think I'm a, a wise or astute person. Um, I certainly, as it relates to anything that I, I have to talk about professionally or, or we choose to talk about professionally, I make sure I've studied on the subject. I make sure I'm well aware of, of things as best as I can be, um, and so I would like to just shout out, you know, uh, Greg Rosenthal from NFL.com and the Around the NFL podcast. He has had um, an incredible stance on this. He has held the NFL accountable, uh, and so have the other Around the NFL heroes uh, on a property that that is owned and operated by the NFL, which is a bold and brave thing to do. Uh, it shouldn't be, but but it is nevertheless. Your old boss, Stats Mike Florio, he has held cool. the NFL accountable, obviously on a lot of things. Uh, but here, uh, Bear is is riled up as well. I don't know if you can tell. I don't know what's happening outside, but he's not in the room, people. I'm doing my best. All right, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, 
um, Mike, Mike has done a great job, um, I think, of contextualizing things and always presenting the facts. I read an incredible article this morning, Friday morning, uh, at The Ringer by Nora Princiati. There, there is so much good work. Obviously, Jenny Varentis of The New York Times, who who took a needless shot um, you know, on, on Thursday afternoon uh, for just reporting more facts on this situation. A lot of people have outed themselves to your stats. Deshaun, obviously, chief among them. Um, I, you could certainly put – I mean, I, I don't think you have to – say that Jimmy and D Haslam and Andrew Barry, uh, you know, out of themselves yesterday on Thursday. I think like, you know, the, the milk has been spilled at this point in time, but you're right. It's, it's actually, and, and like, I don't mean to be sarcastic. Like I'm just kind of explaining the way my, my brain is unfolding this situation. Like it is impressive to make this worse. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> it, 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 like it's difficult. It is actually a difficult achievement to make this worse. And I, I, so like, I don't think we need to like, you know, go through the specifics. Everybody knows he's suspended for 11 games. His first game back is the Texans, whatever. But so like, I think to try to apply something different, I, I think a, a take of mine that, and I don't know like how to say this, but I, I feel in a weird way, not bad, but I just kind of like a lot of people have, have stood their neck or stuck their necks out, stuck their necks out, right? Stuck their stuck. necks out uh, for Deshaun here. Um, obviously the Browns, obviously his agent, obviously his personal trainer, obviously the NFL to a degree. And I find it astounding that he isn't even seemingly grateful for that, right? You know, like it's one thing, it's a horrible thing. It's a deplorable thing to not care about the, the people who were harmed and impacted through this entire, to call it a situation feels so, you know, like, like we're minimizing what happened here. But I mean, like to, to come out and say what he did on Thursday is, is just like, I mean, it, it's no regard for how much everybody else has defended him and put their reputations on the line. I mean, Roger Goodell's coming out saying like this guy's remorseful only for Deshaun no, to come out. No, he's not. Well, I mean, or, or at least they're they're intimating that he's remorseful. He's going to be remorseful. So to say that, and then for Deshaun to say what he did makes again, it makes everybody look even more disgusting than they already look. At the same time that the Browns put out a statement, supposedly from Deshaun Watson, that says. I regret my actions. I take or I take full responsibility for my actions. He's up there in front of the media saying, I stand on my innocence. The whole thing is horrible. And then literally during the press conference, Jimmy Haslam is like, well, we got to keep in mind. He's a 26 year old quarterback and he's really he's a star quarterback. Like this is so repugnant, RJ. And the fact that there are people that are defending him. If you change nothing about this situation, except instead of it being caused by Deshaun Watson. It was being caused by backup quarterback X on a team. I don't even want to name anybody because I don't want to associate anyone with that. But if it wasn't somebody that was as good as Deshaun Watson, nobody would be defending this. Nobody would be defending this. And I have to give credit to PFT commenter on Twitter, who I cannot stand. I am not a PFT commenter fan. I've made no secret of that, but he had two really good tweets on this. One was Deshaun Watson's suspension reduced to 11 games after promising not to sexually assault two dozen women ever again. And then someone had the audacity to respond and say, you realize that's less than one a week. It's a terrible look, but the number isn't that impressive when broken down, which is just an absurd response to that. But then PFT said, if you're good at football, you can be accused of sexual assault by a brand new person once every three weeks consistently for a year and a half. And you will have people doing advanced analytics on how it could be worse. That's where we are in this whole thing. And don't give me second chances. OK, because you know what, RJ, here is the real 
truth, since we're doing hot take cold truths later in the show. Some people don't deserve second chances. Not everybody deserves a second chance. Did Aaron Hernandez deserve a second chance? No, right? No, you don't automatically get a second chance. There are some things you can do where guess what? You've burned through it. You've lost it. And when you assault or be accused of assaulting this many people, you lose your second chance. I'm sorry. And I don't think that's controversial. And if you do, I don't really care. So I don't want to like debate the levels of like second chanceness and forgiveness. Like, you know, I think that's that, that part I think is a little bit more not ambiguous. Like, and like, there's no right word to use here, but I think that's a little, uh, that's a discussion that I think people would have like independent of this whole conversation. Right. I, I think some people would say like, I believe people deserve, again, I'm hypothesizing here. So I believe people deserve forgiveness if they, if they, you know, sort, sort of like serve their time. I don't mean in a literal sense, you know, necessarily, but like people, people throw out Michael Vick a lot as an, an example of like, well, they let him back in the NFL. And then the, the common argument in response to that is, well, he served his time. He, he, he paid his debt to society. He should have been let back, but okay, that's but, fine. But you get my point. Like, you get that like, there's there's a, a literal transaction there that some people like identify with and some people can at least compartmentalize in that respect but like that isn't that's that's sort of absent here and some people would say well it's the 11 games this this is such a like a facade it's really gross I, I, it's really like again I, it's not breaking news to say that his first game back is against houston that's really gross that's, that's really gross that the nfl is in in like turn like exploiting that like like the nfl is actually using that like and capitalizing on that for the attention and the ratings and everything that that will generate and you know we'll see if they do a lot of people are speculating that that you know there will be some sort of like return comeback you know like underdog story building as the weeks unfold before then but that that is really disgusting i mean that, that they would in, in, like and and you know cons- this would be a little bit conspiracy theory but some people argue well they they always wanted this they always wanted him to make his return because the thing about it is is like again like I'm not satisfied with 11 games. I'm not satisfied with that at all. But 10 games makes more sense than 11. 11 is such a random and arbitrary number. Why why can't it be 10 games? Because if it's 10 games, then his debut is not on the road in Houston where he used to play NFL football before he's playing and making his start with the Cleveland Browns for the first time. You know what I'm like like, like, I think that makes sense. Um, you mentioned that tweet that was really great. This one I thought was just, I mean, again, it, it sort of contextualized the the madness of the situation. Sam Monson from PFF tweeted, it's actually mind-blowing that Watson was discovered to be a serial sexual predator. By, and by the NFL's own ambition, by the way. And when everything shakes out, is going to be over $100 million better off than he was when people thought he was a good guy. That is With crazy! A, like On a better about. team! <laughs> I, I mean... Like he he won that that's what I think maybe like if we have to like answer or, or like put a label on why it's so frustrating it's he won and the Browns won there there are surely and I don't want to like I hate like making up like you know hypotheticals I really do but there are surely some Browns fans at least that probably feel like totally worth it you know what I mean probably feel like only 11 games that's fine we'll throw this season away you know th- this year we'll see what everybody has to offer blah 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 and it's, oh man 2023 it's going to be even more sick when we don't have to deal with this like no like that it's it's gross that like there's a winner here and that it's that side I mean and I hate to like line it up as sides but there's such an obvious side here that that is right and that is moral and what bothers me is that the NFL is so like abrasive with like 
shoving in our face how little they care about it, that they're totally fine of their own admission acknowledging that he's a sexual predator, and that, you know, they're, they're totally fine with Deshaun contradicting that, that they're totally fine saying he's shown remorse, whatever, when he doesn't come out. There's, but but they, they're banking on, because it will happen next week, I don't know, I actually saw the Cardinals tweeted something about a video game, so I was waiting for people to, like, respond to me, like, oh, you mean Kyler or whatever? Like, there will be something next week that will deter our attention because the NFL machine will roll on. You're right. In what way is Deshaun Watson worse off today than he was before this started? You could say his reputation's been ruined, but I agree with you, RJ. By the time he comes back, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be reduced, reduced, and it's going to disappear. Because guess what's going to happen? Deshaun, the announcers are going to do this. Deshaun Watson's coming back, his first game back, you know, after he served that suspension because of everything that went on. They're going to reduce it. They're not going to say sexually assaulting all these women. They're going to reduce it to say everything that went on off-field issues or some euphemism that makes it more palatable than the fact that this guy was serially sexually abusing women for months on end and the Houston Texans knew about it and instead of stopping it, they gave him a non-disclosure agreement to give to the women. Like, that is a thing that happened here and it's just, we're just going to forget about it. It's just going to go away and that's it. Eventually, it's just going to be a footnote. Everybody involved, um, like the, you know, agitators, if you will, is more well off financially and is in in a much better position to succeed right like and and it's you know it's gross i mean it's it's just gross like i can't think of a situation like this where the league is so like openly like you you like and what sucks is that the NFL got to pretend like they were the good guy, right? Like the NFL got to come in and play the hero. The NFL's oh, six games. No, no, no. We're here to save the day. The NFL, <laughs> you know, we're going to stop this and we're going to we're going to make sure the right thing happens here. We're going to make sure that he makes his debut against Houston so that we can completely into this was I mean, like, do you not believe this was the long game all along? And, and again, like, I understand you've done a great job of contextualizing this as well, that the NFL didn't want to go to federal court. When has that stopped them before? Like, was the NFL afraid of federal court when it came to Deflategate? No. You know what I mean? Like, the, the right. N- like suddenly, all of like all of a sudden, now the NFL is, like, super afraid of, of federal court and, and having to go prove itself to defend itself on the way it believes in something. No. They wanted the PR from being the good guy. They sold out Deshaun to do that, even though Deshaun punked them. Deshaun and his agent they won they went into those negotiations with the browns they won they pulled one over and it sucks but the truth of the matter is deshaun outplayed the nfl here he did and i I hate to say that that's what makes it gross he got paid he got his money he didn't really lose any of it again if we're kind of speaking towards the larger picture here he quote unquote only has to miss 11 games and he gets to benefit from all the attention that's going to surround him not just for his debut but you know in the future he's a star quarterback in the nfl that is a great point. If you're willing to go to federal court over deflated footballs, this wasn't enough to get you to fight the face the the case in federal court. This what would have been 26 women, 27 lawsuits like again, I said this earlier. There has to be a number of assaults that could have taken place for the NFL to say you're done. There has to be a number. Some number, whatever it is. And if this isn't the number, which clearly it's not, how high is that number? 30, 35, 40? It's absurd. This whole thing is absurd. It makes me want to take a shower. And I understand that reviewer that you read earlier in the show who says they can't ignore this stuff anymore. That there's, and look, RJ, if 
astute watchers of this show on YouTube will see. I've changed the jersey that I hang up in the background. Right. It used to be a Frank Gore jersey. I loved Frank Gore. He was one of my favorite 49ers, probably my second favorite behind Jerry Rice. Well, guess what we found out? Frank Gore is accused of dragging a naked woman by her hair across a hotel floor. You know, the first thing I did was I took down the damn jersey. Like, I can't just keep ignoring this stuff anymore just because I love the sport. There is a line somewhere. You know, I I, I don't, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to think that I've grown a lot as a person, like in, in my own, like, walk in life. Um, and so, you know, and, and like people change. Like I, I, I personally believe in, in the power of forgiveness and that's a different thing. Like I'm not trying to, to square those things here or, or make them all the same or make them all live in the same box. Um, you know, like I've done some things, not, not these things, obviously, but like I've made mistakes. Like we've all made mistakes. We've all kind of stepped in things and, and kicked hornet's nest and things like that. Um, and so I, I, I totally get that. Like I get the journey of personal growth. I have a hard time saying I don't like to wish ill on people. Like I don't, I don't like that in general. That's just not like my cup of tea. I know people be like, oh yeah, I, I root for that person to fail. Like it's a different thing to be like, you know, there's some like football fans as an example. Like I root for so-and-so to get hurt. Like that's scummy. Like don't do that, whatever. But there's a lot of people out there who are like, I hope the Browns lose every game. I hope this, I hope that I have a hard time doing that. And I get it. Like I, I empathize with that emotion, but I mean, like did and I'm I'm speculating. I'm just like kind of pontificating out loud here. Did Amari Cooper ask for this? You know, did did you know? And and some of these players have have openly defended him. So like I get that if you want to you know say that. But like did you know? I I don't know. David Njoku asked for this. Did, you know, did did the Browns season ticket holder? you know, department manager asked for this. Like there's a lot of people whose lives were impacted by this that that didn't ask for this that now have, you know, people hating their team. And I get why people hate the Browns and I get why people, you know, associate them with this. They made this bad and they have to lie in it. Um, I just, I kind of wish the Browns didn't exist. That's just, I don't wish them ill will or wish them harm. And that bothers me. Like I, you know, like look up my, you know, love for NFL teams. I love historical NFL teams. So I have loved the Browns. Like, I think that they're so, re- I mean, I know you know this, but like, it bothers me. It bothers me that this is like a, a not a footnote. This is a, a massive, this is maybe the cover of the chapter of the Cleveland Browns. This has this not like ruined the, the revamped Cleveland Browns that came back into the NFL. Like it does. You cannot, they have no, and like no amount of like on-field success could, could, you know, sort of survive this, but like, this is who they are. This is who they will be forever. And if they don't have success, if Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry or Amari or Miles Garrett or whoever, if they have to go on to other teams, they will always be the people, the people at the top at least, or whoever vocally supported him, who supported him. That that will, I mean, this this forever impacts a number of different people. And obviously the, the most important ones are the victims here. But I mean, it just, it's it sucks. There's no other way to say it. It sucks. This taints and corrupts everything with the Cleveland Browns until he's gone, until he no longer plays for them. And to be honest, I would say the Haslam's too need to be gone because they're obviously a huge part of this. And Andrew Barry too. Like Everybody that it, that it went along for the ride on this thing, and I tweeted it out earlier, and I'll just say this as our final thing before we take a quick break. When the owner is a criminal, he has no problem employing other criminals. And you go look up and read what happened with Jimmy Haslam and that whole... Uh, flying J case. Mike Florio has a great chapter about it in his book, Playmakers, but you can Google it for yourself. All the info is out there, okay? How Jimmy Haslam was not charged and thrown in jail for that debacle will astound me forever. But here we are. Apparently, the rules are just different for some people. I don't want to accuse, again, somebody of something that I certainly can't prove, 
but just the vibes from him during that that presser you could at least i felt like he was just holding back like like he found the whole thing to be maybe not ridiculous but like you know like like he like he is just fed up like he he wants it to go away dude it's not it's not, I mean, like, it's not, and you know what? I don't think it's been said enough in the 24 hours or whatever it's been. Shout out to, to the Cleveland beat. They held Deshaun accountable. I think that they really did. You don't always see that in those situations, and, and they really did. That's fair, and not every NFL team would, but I'm glad to see the Browns did. Uh, all right. We've said our piece on Deshaun Watson. Let's take a quick break. Let me get a drink of water as I've been ranting and raving. Then we'll play the game that is sweeping the nation. We'll cleanse our palate with some fun. Hot take, cold truth coming up next. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back for the podcast audience because now Stats has to keep this. I was telling him, um, you know, because look, the, the way the sausage gets made around here is like we stream this on YouTube, but he has to clip some things out like for the podcast. But now you have to keep it. So congratulations to me. I outworked you um, and gamed the system. Um, as you threw the break, um, like we've how many podcasts have we done to get at this point? Like 100? I don't know. Um, you know, we're very, very used to this. And we have like our routine, but it felt like we were on a radio show together. We'll be back after this. Oh, is your roof in need of repair? Like, you know, like the like the, the commercial was about to play in. It was really nice. So I thought that was a great joke about the roof repair. And you're a big radio guy. So I'm actually really insulted that you didn't answer. I like, do that every time. That. I always try. No, nah, it was a different. A nice yeah, we'll be back after this. It was very different. And again, you didn't laugh at the really awesome joke. So my feelings are hurt. As soon as I hear a really awesome joke, I'll laugh. All right. Let's play the game that is sweeping the nation, RJ. Hot take, cold truth. I will... Read a headline and ask you a question about that headline, and you will tell me whether you think it is a hot take or a cold truth. Let's start in Tampa Bay. Well, de- define time. define what those things are. I mean, everybody, I think everybody knows. Like hot take meaning just you know a crazy thing that people throw out there for attention, or a cold truth meaning like something that legitimately can happen or is valid. Is that sure. acceptable? Sure. All right, here we go. Let's start in Tampa Bay because there are some strange things happening with the Bucs. Very, very strange indeed. Tom Brady originally was going to take a random 10-day break in the middle of training camp, but the Bucs wanted you to believe that everything was okay. Everything was normal. This was all planned. Don't worry about it. Todd Bowles got asked about it this week, and all of a sudden he said, well, I don't really know when Tom Brady's going to be back for sure, but I'm not worried about it. RJ, Tom Brady has never, ever done this before. 
And oh, by the way, all this started the day after all the tampering stuff came out with him and the Dolphins. So hot take, cold truth. Tom Brady is never, ever, ever returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, definitely a hot take stats. Like you are the, you feel more passionate about this than maybe anybody I know. Um, I will admit it's very weird. It's very strange. Um, it, it obviously contradicts with Mr. Like I relish every opportunity to get better yep. and that blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't know that you like, I mean, I don't know. I, I think we just don't know. Like there's no precedent for this. Certainly no precedent with Brady specifically. Um, it is strange. I, I can't offer like a logical, you know, reasonable, um, sort of answer as to why this this is the case right now um, but if we just like explore the hypothetical branch so like say Tom Brady never returns to the Bucks right he walks away right right like that's that's what you're kind of pontificating about so like does he go work for Fox this year like like is that what happens like you know because he, if he, he's got a team you know what I mean he's, he's, he's doing football one way or the other here this year like whether it's for the Buccaneers or for Fox and so like you know, and, and I'm not saying like, you know, if Tom Brady wants to go call games for Fox, I'm sure they move heaven and earth to, to make it happen. But like Fox is already like we're at the time of year, like everybody's announcing their teams. You know, Fox has the Super Bowl of all things. And so they're like, it's going to be Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson and Aaron Andrews on the Super Bowl. Friend of the Espanation NFL show, Aaron Andrews, by the way. I mean, so like what, you know, he just like disappears into the abyss. Like Fox paid him all that money and they're cool with him not playing football, but not calling games for them. Like that doesn't make sense. Look, if he says he wants to call games, Fox is going to tell Greg Olson to hit the bricks. Tom Brady's going to do whatever like, he but, wants. But do you do you think there's any way he does neither of these things in 2022? Play for no. the Buccaneers or call? That's what he I'm saying. Will, yeah, but that's not what the question is. The question is Tom Brady never returns to the Bucks. So I just think, it, look, if all this Dolphins stuff didn't happen, then I would be like, yeah, this is no big deal. But we know, we know he didn't want to play for the Buccaneers this year. He didn't want to do it. And look, I know some people are like, oh, he's doing the mass singer. And that's why I look at the taping schedule. And maybe that's true. I don't know. Maybe it is true. But all of a sudden for this guy that was, his entire life was eating, breathing and sleeping football to randomly take a week off in training camp when we know he didn't want to play for the team. To me, I would not be stunned at all if this was a cold truth and Brady never went back to the Bucks. I don't think it's weird that he's missing camp. I think it is weird when you contextualize it with what you said that he didn't want to play for the Bucks. That's you didn't even go all the way back, and he retired. Like that didn't happen. Like he he retired. He he so he walked away from the Bucks at least literally. He also walked away from the Bucks like emotionally, right? In terms of like entertaining the idea of the Dolphins, and now he has in a literal sense walked away from the Bucks again, at least temporarily. Um, so I I mean it's very strange. Like I, I mean it's walking like a duck and it's it's quacking like a duck so it might be a duck but i i you know tom brady doesn't throw a lot of ducks you know what i mean so like i just you know <laughs> uh, i don't know how how i landed that one that way but and think about what else happened so brady leaves from the bucks right and what do we hear oh he had problems with bruce arians didn't get along with bruce arians he thought bruce wasn't working hard enough essentially right and then Brady says, oh, he's coming back to the Bucks." And less than three weeks later, Bruce Arians resigns. He walks away from the job. So, like, think about what if you're the Bucks right now, right? Like, you could have moved heaven and earth to get Tom Brady. You could have kicked your coach to the curb for Tom Brady. And now he's bailing on you 10 days into training camp. And again, if it's something, you know, I've so reportedly it's not about the health of any of his family members, which is great. If it's if it's anything with his marriage or something like that, we wish him the best of luck. But right now we don't know and no one can say that it's not odd. 
it's odd. This is not the odd cast for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> but it it is it is odd relative to who he has been for 20 years as an NFL quarterback. Um, certainly relative to who he's been at least for the last decade. Um, not that he wasn't that same player before, but you know, like he, this, this doesn't jive with, with everything we've seen to this point, but we've also like, he's done a lot of things that don't jive. You know what I mean? Like he, he already has a number one analyst role secured. That's never happened before. He has freaking seven Super Bowls. Like that's never happened before. <laughs> like if there's ever like an exception to something being normal, it is him, you know? And so like, I, I don't mean to be like, it will, it will work itself out. Cause it always works itself out. But I just. I mean, like, oh, oh, another weird, you know, unexplainable things happening with Tom Brady. Oh, whoa, this is super new, and I've never seen this before. Like, you know, like, it's just kind of par for the course at this point. Well, his whole career is sort of unprecedented, so I'll give you that. All right, let's stay in the NFC. We'll switch it up now, and hopefully this will move a little quicker. Saquon Barkley, very outspoken. He is fed up with critics of his game, RJ. He said, I've been playing this position for a very long time, and by no means am I the perfect running back. But I know that that's been the conversation or been a thought or a thing out there that's said about me. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just dancing back there. I'm really kind of fed up with people who never played a position and try to speak on how I run a position. We call them all pros with clickers in their hand. RJ, hot take or cold truth? Saquon Barkley is a bust. Um, listeners of the NFC East Mixtape, which is a property you can listen to on any of the SB Nation NFC East blog podcast networks. Uh, you can hear myself and Brandon Lee Gowden. Um, listeners of, of our show. Oh, by the way, we have named the, sh- the, the listeners. Um, I don't know if you, I know you care about this actually, Stats. Um, we asked them what they wanted to be referred to as, and uh, they all like kind of overwhelmingly said the mixologist, but uh, Brandon was not a fan of that. Um, so um, we have a new name. I haven't actually suggested it to him yet because it's been flying around on social. The least inners. Because people make like the NFC lease joke. You know what I mean? So like the least inners. I like that. I, it no. plays into what the you- NFC East is all about. Keep going. Uh, Going back to the drawing board on that one. Um, anyway, uh, so listeners of our show, the listeners, uh, know that we are not Saquon Barkley fans. I mean, like, you know what this this smells like to me? Um, and in Saquon's defense, he's had a rough go, all right, with the New York Giants. I mean, everybody's had a rough go with the New York Giants for the last five years, right? You know, shout out to Eli, super awesome quarterback who, like, set them up for failure. Shout out to Dave Gettleman. Miss you every day. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but the... You know, the juice is a little hot with the Giants right now. People are liking what's happening there, right? Like, oh, hey, you know, Brian Dables, you know, got the ship afloat. Like the the arrow, for the first time in a long time, just yes or no, the arrow is pointing up for the New York Giants. I mean, you can't get any lower. Right, but like, yes, yes or no. Just help me make my point. Yes. Right? Okay, yes. Okay. Saquon, to me... For the first time, he's he's breathing fresh air. For the first, he's come up for air out of the water. He's been hanging out with Ariel, Sebastian, Flounder, the whole crew. He's up here where the people are. He is seeing them, seeing them dancing. He's seeing that fire doing that thing called burning, and he's like, "This is awesome!" All right, I have a little bit of juice here. All right, I'm gonna. I, I like this. Just to me, feels like he has a little bit of a of, of, of ground to stand on. So now it's like now everybody's talking about our run stop. Yeah, Saquon, because you've been terrible. You had an awesome rookie year. Good for you but for the most part your nfl career has been a bust tony pollard who is the most criminally underused running back in the nfl has 
more yards than Saquon Barkley since 2019, which I will admit does void Saquon's stellar rookie year. But dude, like the sample size is large. We're not sitting here and picking on you because you had a bad six game stretch last year or something like that. You have been terrible. And oh, the Giants offensive line is bad. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's why like spending the second or fourth overall pick on a running back is an inefficient way to build your football team. Again, I miss you every day, Dave Gettleman. I know you wanted this to move fast, but like this is so laughable <laughs> to me. Saquon, dude, like read the room. You guys have sucked. You are, are kind of a reason why that has been the case. The team investing in you the way they did is a big reason for that being the case. Just own it and prove it to us on the field. And after you do, Take your victory lap. Rub our nose in it. Tell us how wrong we were. But this is just kind of, yeah, this this uh, this doesn't feel good. This is a cold truth. He's a bust. He's a bust if he was taken with the second overall pick. Oh, I haven't pick. been answering the hot take cold truth. This is a cold truth, sorry. <laughs> he would be a bust if he was taken with the 22nd overall pick, the 32nd, the 52nd overall pick. Saquon Barkley is a bust, okay? And he's guess what? He's 25 years old. The clock is ticking. He's probably only got about three or four more really productive years in his career because of the position he plays. That's just the nature of it. He's been a bust. Like you said, he's had one really good year, and it was his rookie year, and he had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, and he was great. But guess what? If you told the team that drafted him you're going to get one great year and basically nothing else, they would say it's a bust, and they wouldn't pick that guy. It is clear. And the fact that he has rabbit ears and he's hearing all this stuff now, it's not going to get better for him he's got to have like three or four really good years to not be labeled a bust at this point well good thing that that is known to happen at the running back position to have the the better (laughs) part of their careers later on um no i mean like this feels like i mean he played at a very high profile you know college at penn state he was like kind of the face of college football you know certainly towards the end of his career and and to your point like they had a really good year they sucked like they they like he was very good they sucked in 2018 they were so bad and so this idea again that like you know you're this underdog or whatever no you're a bust and that's okay Maybe you can be a contributor to some degree. Maybe you can come back. But the odds of that happening are so extremely low. I mean, it's just, you know, it is it is what it is. You know? And I don't want to hear, oh, well, the team stunk around him, okay? Because he's a running back. So uh, there have been plenty of running backs in the history of the NFL that have still found a way to produce, even on bad teams, including, oh, gee, I don't know, Barry Sanders, who was amazing for the Lions. I mean, Frank Gore had a 1,600-yard season on an awful 49ers team. You can produce even on a bad team as a running back. So Saquon Barkley, that is a cold truth. You are a bust. Hang on, Stats. Buy me some time because I'm looking one thing up. But just so... You know, okay. Well, dance. we're gonna you're gonna want to talk for this next one, RJ, because we are transitioning to a place that you live, a an area where you have the flag planted, and that is in Indianapolis. Okay, I was because wrong. I I, I, w- I wanted to make a point about Jimmy Garoppolo, like being more productive than Saquon in, in one way, shape, or form, but I couldn't do it. So, like again, I was trying to use the ultimate, like you know, bust sort of guy, but you know, gotcha. <laughs> but go, go on. So Set I saw a, I saw a tweet. From at Detroit Online, Jeremy, I don't know if it's Reisman or Reisman, baby. Reisman, okay, we apologize. Love, we love pride of Detroit. So he tweeted, Colts offense just ran 12 straight red zone plays and scored exactly zero touchdowns, including two stops from the one-yard line. Big bounce back day for the Lions defense. I know that you are no fan of the Indianapolis Colts, RJ. You would think that they'd be able to score, I don't know, at least one touchdown in 12 plays. Hot take or cold truth, the Colts will have a bottom 
10 offense this year. You know, I don't often ask for credit. All right. Um, I'm going to demand it. All right. <laughs> because, and let me be very clear here. I hate the Colts. All right. But I respect them as people. All right. I respect Frank Reich. This is like, you know, you can, like, we talked about the Browns earlier. Like, everybody hates them in, like, a very unique way. Like, you know, getting to football, there are things we hate and we think are dumb and stupid and silly. But these are still good people. Um, you know, at least, you know, the, the things I've, I've sort of read and heard and, and heard from, or heard and heard, obviously, uh, from Frank Reich over the years. I'm a big Frank Reich fan. But man, they are big time losers, like huge, <laughs> huge losers. Like this is sad and it's training camp. It's joint practices. No need to freak out. No need to whatever, but they got worked by the Bills second team in their first preseason game. The, the Colts starters did. They obviously couldn't score a touchdown here against the Lions. No offense to the Lions, but I mean, you know, this like before you could have at least been like, Hey man, the Bills have a deep roster, you know, whatever. No, no, no. This is the Lions. This just, this this is this is what it is like I like sometimes something happens in the NFL or sports and like some you know like I'm sure you've you felt this way like you're like I I thought that all along you know like I saw that coming a mile away how did nobody like feel that way whatever the case may be like it was it never made sense that just because they like Indiana Jones idol swiped uh, idol swapped Matt Ryan for Carson Wentz like boom like vintage Peyton Manning Colts offense with Marvin Harrison Reggie Wayne and, and let's just throw in Edgerin James is going to be back jo like they remind me of the Cowboys Jonathan Taylor had an amazing year last year. He's not going to regress to the mean at all. He's just going to be amazing. He's just going to run for <laughs> 2,000 yards. It's just going to happen. No, of course it's not going to happen. And I'm not even like positing that this wouldn't be happening with Carson Wentz. All I'm saying is this proves what I was saying, that Carson was not the only problem there last year but they sold him down the river they made it seem like Carson was a plague that that they were victims of how dare the mighty Indianapolis Colts franchise have to weather the mean bad storm that is Carson Wentz that they totally didn't sign up for and pay to do themselves losers and they're the chickens are coming home to roost I've used several analogies here but I'm obviously worked up about it I'm just I'm so sad to see them in such a such a pickle <laughs> so it's a cold truth Oh yeah, I'm really bad at this game. It's a cold truth. Yeah, they are. Uh, I don't know. Bottom ten is hard, dude. I mean, <laughs> you can't go on that whole rant and then say it's a hot. Well, take. like I think because like I think they'll be bad, and so like it depends how you define this. Like, will they be bottom ten DVOA offense? Because like I think there'll be some garbage time associated here. I mean, they get to play the AFC South. They get to play the NFC East. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think if we're talking like total yardage, I wouldn't take that bet. But I will say this: they will be a bottom twelve offense by DVOA. It's really close. So while you were ranting on that, I started looking through the teams and trying to see if I could just off the top of my head find 10 offenses that were automatically going to be, you know, bottom in the league. There are some that jump out. Houston Texans, I'm looking at you. New York Jets, I'm looking at you. Chicago Bears, I'm looking at you. Seattle Seahawks, I'm looking at you. It's going to be close. I'll say this is a hot take, but only because Matt Ryan is better than some of those other quarterbacks on the teams I just named. But it's going to be really close. You know what this is setting up as? And I hate to like, I would never want to predict injury, but like something's going to happen where Matt Ryan isn't going to be available and they're going to blame that. They're going to, you know what I mean? Like they're going to sing that same song that the Colts love to sing. Our quarterback was gone. What are we supposed to do? We're so like, you know, we had no option. We were just stuck. No, you should have like, this is just, again, what, like, what did they add to their offense? Nothing. Alec Pierce. They drafted Alec Pierce. But what, what did they add? They just, again, swapped Carson Wentz for, a less mobile version of Carson Wentz. That's it. 
That's and a better like leader, if you want to call it that. And I feel yeah. bad for Matt Ryan because I like Matt Ryan. So I hate associating him with this ineptitude. But the Colts are going to be outed, and people are going to wonder what happened. I, I, and I made this prediction with, uh, with you and BLG and our friend Tim on Instagram Live, the Whiskey Influencer. Check him out on Instagram. I don't know about the bottom ten stuff, but I will guarantee that the Washington Commanders, led by Carson Wentz in the games that quarterback by him, will have a more productive offense than the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know why you're on the like. I I understand. Because I have things I believe in, and I stand up for stats. I wish I could say the same for you. It's one thing to say Carson Wentz wasn't the only problem in Indianapolis. That's fine. But then you're also pivoting to now Carson Wentz is still somehow underrated. Carson Wentz is somehow good. He's no, I, not. I think the Washington, I mean, he has Terry McLaurin. Like, like if we look at these two teams, if we look at Indianapolis and Washington, who has the best receiver? Oh, Washington. Right. Who has the best secondary receiver? If, if you qualify, if you're just like ranking who the two, like number twos are, right? I mean, it's not T.Y. Hilton, but it will be at some point for the Colts. But like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, it's like Jahan Dotson is Washington's number two. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I feel much more confident there. Like, okay, I'll give Indianapolis the advantage of, you know, running back and probably along the off- definitely along the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, but who has the better defense? Washington. Although, they kind of re- they, they looked really bad last year. But, yeah, no, Washington has the better. And Indianapolis lost Matt Eberflus. I mean, so, you yeah. know, like, is, is it ridiculous? No. I know it sounds stupid because it sounds meme but it's not ridiculous when you kind of lay out the math. I'm not on that train. You're on that. That is a branch that you are on alone. All right. One more because we did have some preseason, a preseason game last night. It was a barn burner between the Bears and the Seahawks. Bears got the 27 to 11 win. That's a preseason score if I ever heard one. Hot take or cold truth, RJ? One of the two teams that played last night will earn the number one draft pick. Hmm. So who are the non-contenders? Or who are the contenders outside of these two teams is what I meant to ask. The Jets. Uh, the Jets, especially if Zach Wilson, you know, whatever. Right. Um, the Texans Houston, are in the yep. mix. Houston uh, Texans. The Panthers, although Baker kind of ruins that. I think Baker Baker drags them to like three or four wins. I think. <laughs> Kicking um, and screaming. The bear, Oh, the Bears are in the game, yeah. Um, you know, I wonder, this is a different level to the Browns thing. But like the super analytic, like open to tanking franchise, how do they not, you know, again, if you're, if you're just living in that, that vacuum, how do they not say, Hey, you know, 2022 is clearly a lost year for our football operations. Let's go all in for 2023. I know actually they don't have the draft cap. I don't know why I said that. Um, but you know, so they, they are not incentivized that way. Um, I mean, so barring, like, obviously, if a team loses a quarterback or something like that, that changes the calculus here. Answer the question. I think it's cold truth. Um, Ooh. I think it's cold truth. I Dude, the Bears looked awful. I mean, looked <laughs> just like – and it was the preseason whatever. Um, I sent you this. Um, uh, Courtney Cronin's right up on, on the game, at least the Bears half of the game. Uh, there were so many things about this that were, like, just – unbelievable to sort of read and understand to be truth um so justin fields went five for seven for 39 yards on the opening possession the bears did kick a field goal on on the possession by the way um she wrote that fields didn't have more than three completions on any of his first offensive possessions in 2021 how can that be true and he had five i mean in this game so like it's just it's impossible to believe that that's true um the other thing here 
um, is, is she writes the expectation of a heavy dose of play action and bootleg showed up Thursday with two of Fields' pass attempts coming on design rollouts, including his 19-yard completion to Cole Komet. Last season, Fields only had 18 attempts on design rollouts, and he completed 78% of them with two touchdowns. So he had 18, all like not just on opening possessions, all of last <laughs> season together. I mean, and he had two last night. You know, or Thursday night. I mean, like, it's just like, how is that possible? Like, like how, what was Matt Nagy doing? People, like, I'm not trying to defend Mike McCarthy. People bang on Mike McCarthy. Like, what does he do? What's his job? What was Matt Nagy doing? Except for writing BU on his play sheet. Like, what? Like, what? That's embarrassing. No pun intended. I think it's clear. Like, when Justin Fields took over, he was running the Andy Dalton off. Like, they did not adapt things for Justin Fields right away. And they obviously clearly didn't adapt them very much at all. You would think that there would be someone somewhere in that organization that could just have pointed out that stat to, to Matt Nagy, right? Like, Hey, just FYI, when he rolls out, he's way freaking better. Like you have to, what do we always talk about with coaching? The entire essence of coaching is doing everything you can to put all of your players in the best position to succeed. And not only did the Bears not do that with all of their players, they didn't do that with the most important player. No wonder Matt Nagy didn't have a job. It, I mean, and the 49ers had success last year. I know this question is, isn't about this subject, but it's like, this is why I will forever hate the, like, we're going to let the rookie sit. We're going to have the, like, aging veteran, you know, start these games. And then, like, they, they don't admit it. But then, like, inevitably, when, you know, the crap hits the fan, we're going to make the switch to buy ourselves some time. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's why it never made sense. It never made sense to play Andy Dalton. I love Andy Dalton. I, I really do. But, like, I, it never made logical sense. And they did it anyway. They, just, they literally just wasted time. Like, I won't, you know, look, hypothetically. Say I failed a class in college. Hypothetically. It didn't happen, but say it did. I would have hypothetically felt like I literally just wasted time. Like I literally just wasted <laughs> eight weeks of my life sitting here. I wasted money on this course because I'm going to have to take it all hypothetical. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it literally was like a waste of life for the Bears last year. Like everyone involved in that production last year wasted part of their life because of pride or whatever that prohibited them from starting Fields in the beginning. Um, I think he has talent. I, I get that we didn't see a lot of it last year, but man, if, if they don't get this number one pick, the Seahawks are like, the, I don't like any of the vibes in Seattle right now. I don't like the vibe they're pushing that like, this feels like the beginning of the like 2012 Legion of Boom era. Like, no, I did not like the vibe. I don't know if you listened to the, to the call on Monday night, but they were talking about how Pete Carroll has said that, you know, sometimes players get sick of listening to coaches, you know, after a long time, but that, that sometimes they get sick of listening to the same leaders, you know? And so it's good to have new voices in the room. Like I just, why are you still it, there, Pete? It, it feels, it feels wonky to me. I'm not a fan. I actually think the Seahawks are more likely to earn it, which bums me out, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I agree. Did you, somebody in the crowd had a sign that said, we need Jimmy G quick, like a Seahawks fan. When you're desperate for that, when you're thirsty for old number 10, you got problems. I'm saying that's a cold truth. It's going to be the Bears or the Seahawks. I believe it. I don't like Geno Smith throws a couple completions and people are like, hey, you know, Geno Smith looks pretty good. Geno Smith can't play dead in a cowboy movie. He's not good. Wow. Man, it's that unbelievable. That's an expression that people who are 80 years old use. Stats. We are so desperate to find good quarterbacks. Like I saw Mina Kimes, who I think is the smartest and best NFL analyst on TV. 
she said like, hey, well, you know, when Gino had a clean pocket and everything around him was good, she tweeted out his stats like, oh, his passer rating is this. He's really, really good. Now, to her credit, she followed that up with, don't look at the stats when Gino Smith is under pressure. But nonetheless, like, no, Gino Smith ain't it. We've seen enough to know. We have seen too much of Gino Smith. Was it um, was it the Sunday night game against the Steelers last season? Or it might have been a, a Thursday night game. You might remember uh, better than I. But there was a moment where Gino got, got the ball. Like, I don't know. Again, I don't remember the exact situation. But down four, down five, like, opportunity, touchdown wins the game was basically the point. And, like, you know, football Twitter is alive in those moments. Like, okay, <laughs> let's see it. You know, here we go. Literally, like, disgusting interception. Like, <laughs> like you know, yeah. like, it was uh, it was a miscommunication with the right, receiver. Right, right. But, but still, like it, yeah. it, 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 it like attacks the point that like this could be different. This could happen. And I, I love Gino. I would love to see it happen. I would love to be proven wrong. It's just the formula here. What, name name anything that you feel great about with the Seahawks. DK Metcalf. But even like people like you know not everybody like loves the DK. Feel great about it? No. Yeah, I mean I feel pretty good about DK. I feel pretty good about Tyler Lockett. But like like I I don't feel great about anything here. It's just agreed. You know, bad. Yeah, vibes. I. I totally get it. Uh, it's sort of weird that Geno Smith lost his starting job because a teammate punched him in the face. Like, Geno Smith had a weird career. Remember, he was supposed to be drafted on the first day of the draft, didn't get drafted, left, and was all, you know, all upset right. and left the draft. Then he goes, ends up with the Jets, plays a little bit, has, you know, up and down success. And then IKN and Polly punches him in the face. What? <laughs> so Ryan Fitzpatrick starts and he has a great year. I mean, it is an amazing sort of thing when when weird coincidences like that happen, like weird Pandora's box butterfly effect moments. I think about so very quickly. Um, everybody remembers Tony Romo getting hurt in Seattle, uh, of all places, um, in in the preseason, which opened the door for Dak Prescott. That only happened, or that only was available to happen because now Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore broke his ankle a few weeks prior Jeez. during training camp. So like if that if if that doesn't happen, the Cowboys are trying to kill more a week one out against the Giants and we never maybe even see Dak Prescott. So um fate can be a funny thing like that. RJ, that's going to do it for Hot Take Cold Truth. Thank you very much again everybody. Please rate, review and follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it on the show. RJ, two more shows before the regular season starts. Holy hell. Also, stats, that means two more shows before our big announcement here on The Look Ahead. Oh, my gosh. How do you feel about the thing that is coming down the tunnel? Tunnel? Bend? Coming Pike. Down the bend? Pike. Things coming down the down pike. The How pike. do you feel about it? I feel great about it. I wish I could, like, think of another instance where we use the word pike. It's only when things are coming down, do we it's say? It's actually um, coffee, like Seattle, of all places that we just talked about. So, you know, Pike Place, you know, whatever. All right, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend.